Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Horns. I'm Miles Simmons. Beside me is DeMarco Farr. It is Wednesday, September 26th. Yeah. Yes, we are a little bit uh, removed from last week's game, yeah, yeah. and now the Rams are going to play tomorrow. Short week. Yes, Absolutely. very, very, very short week. But they did defeat the Los Angeles Chargers 35-23. to Had to think about that? I, honest to God, I really did. <laughs> That's so bad. Yes. You know, we talked about it last week. You know, you just don't necessarily want to call them Los Angeles yet. It just doesn't make sense it, right it now. It doesn't. Right. But you know what? I think that was a really good victory, especially mm-hmm. considering all the things that happened during that game. Phillip Rivers just won't die. He just won't go away. Uh-uh. Uh. In football games, no matter what. Um, and I thought both quarterbacks really put on a great show. Yeah. Um, Jared Goff, you know, I, I, it, it really is starting to bug me when they start throwing around that system quarterback Oh, label. I'm glad you started here. It takes, it, it takes away from what he's doing. Yes. You know, and how well he's playing. Um, and I know you want to give a lot of credit to Sean McVay, and he deserves it. But, I mean, the guy out there making passes, making plays, has been Jared Goff. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, but I... This is interesting because this came up last week, I think on Wednesday, when mm-hmm. we were, as the media, we were going to talk to you, Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of seems to me like it developed from a straw man. Like, who actually was saying that Jared Goff is a system quarterback? Because yeah. I don't know that I ever read it. I and heard I it. Fe- and yeah. I, I will admit that I fed into this because I even wrote an article that was that with the headline, Jared Goff unbothered by talk of system quarterback. Uh. Well, where was the talk coming from other than that? I just, I don't know that I ever saw the article that was like, Jared Goff is only doing this because he's a system quarterback. Like, I don't... It's everybody, it's funny. It's everybody around the stadium during the game. Okay. I mean... that's where the talk is coming Well, there's a lot of people that do a lot of jobs on the sideline. Photographers, what have you. They're all out there. And during breaks, we all talk football. I mean, because I've seen these people for years. So we all talk ball, what's happening, what's going on around the league. And, you know, somebody will pull me aside and, and they'll say something like, man, Sean McVay is the best play caller in the game. Okay, fair enough. Yes. You just scored 35 points. And then in the same breath, you know, Jared Goff's a system quarterback. Wait a minute. Sean McVay isn't out there making plays. Yes. Sean McVay isn't scrambling for his life. Sean McVay isn't standing down there making, you know, making throws, making accurate throws. That's all Jared Goff. So if you want to give Sean McVay credit, like I said, it's deserved. You also have to give Goff credit for what you see on the field. All that stuff isn't McVay. Right. A lot of it is, but not all of it. Well, there's only so much that you can do once the the pads go on and the lights come on yeah. and like you're actually between the white lines, right? right. I mean, it's not like Sean McVay is going out there and completing the pass yeah. for Jared Goff. You know, when it's third down and eight or whatever it was, and Jared has to make an off schedule play, and then all of a sudden Cooper Cup flashes open, and then he throws down the field, and it's a dart, and Cooper Cup takes it, breaks the tackle, and then goes into the end. That that Sean McVay didn't yeah. do that. I liked everything about that play except look that. That's a time to spike the football if you're Cooper Cup. Come on, dude. You just stepped out of a tackle at home. You got to the end zone by yourself. I get it. The Barry Sanders routine. Flip it to the official. I want to be humble. But spike the ball, man. Come on. At least once. You know what's funny? Like, Cooper Cup will celebrate more with others than he will for himself. That's so funny. Anybody else that makes a play, he's the first guy for a high five. When he makes the play... Back to the huddle. I know. Come on, dude. Enjoy it's, it. Enjoy it's yourself. It, it, it's funny. And, like, I, I asked Cooper Cup about this last week, just about how all of those guys seem to genuinely like each other. Mm-hmm. Those guys being Woods, Cup, and um, also Cooks. Mm-hmm. They, like, they really just really like each other. Yeah. And I, I don't I, – I think that's rare, first of all. I love watching them warm up. And yeah. they – but they – 
they compete, but in a way where it's like, we all just want everybody to eat, you know? Yeah. And well, it seems like they know, okay, one week it's this guy, the other week it's the next guy. Depending on what the defense gives them, what looks, and this is how in tune they are with the quarterback. Depending on what they see, they know who's about to get the rock. No matter what's called. Yeah. Uh, depending on what this safety does and where he moves, I'm going to be open. He's going to be open. Oh, if I can run him off or shield him, I can get him open. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They're all making plays all at the same time. It's right. just one guy's going to catch it. Right. But they're all involved in the play to get the guy open. Yeah. Um, but getting back to Jared Goff a little bit, mm-hmm. is that the best you've seen him play last Yeah. Week? I wish I could pull this out, and I can because we're not on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you got? I wrote that down. Uh, did I have that note? I think I lost it. Um, the exact time it happened. It was that first and 10 play where he – it was a laser beam out to the corner. Uh-huh. Where it was just a perfect pass. Oh, and I think I told it, JB on the broadcast, system quarterback, my blank. It was between two defenders. Yes. And it was on the right side. Right. It was actually Jack Collinsworth, who is Chris Collinsworth's son. Um, but Jack now does um, hosting for uh, ESPN, yeah, yeah. NFL Live and whatnot. But he he posted that, that play yes, and said, my God, Jared Goff. That's what, yeah. And then, so that's it's funny, different. Andrew Whitworth actually reposted that video after the game. And he says, not bad for a system quarterback. Huh? Right. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I said the same thing to JB, and then you flip to the other side, the, the pass that uh, Philip Rivers threw for a touchdown. Oh, to Mike Williams. You can't get any Holy better than that. Cow. But that that's a guy that's considered a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. a living legend. Beautiful pass. Here, come, here comes Goff making a similar beautiful pass. Not yeah. for a touchdown, but still, it killed the defense. It did. Yeah, you had that boxed in. That's how you teach that coverage, but the throw beat him. Yeah, that is beautiful. That's not system. That's a guy getting better. Yes, exactly. And it's interesting because in that game, to me, it seemed like the only team that was going to stop the Rams offense was the Rams Mm -hmm. offense. And Mm -hmm. and it's true, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you had early in that game, the the first drive, Gurley loses the fumble. Yeah. And they're going through, you know, this defense, like poo through a goose, right? Like that's, you don't say who but you know what I'm I saying. I got you. Yeah, yeah. You know? How about hot knife through butter? Yes. Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a family show, right? Right. But you have that, then you later in the game, Goff throws the interception. Mm-hmm. And Great then pick. also <laughs> oh, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was a terrific pick by Derrick yeah. James. But then um, on the one drive that they had to punt, mm-hmm. you had a face mask penalty and then another holding penalty. Right. The Rams were the only team that stopped their offense. And I think that's the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future because you they're getting so. better. And yeah. I mean, like it, it, it's 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 unfolding like a chapter play, like the plays that he's calling. He's building off the plays that he's already had success with. Yeah. So I keep saying this. You can only prepare for what the Rams were, not what they're going to be on game day. Hmm. And the only one, the only people that know that are McVay and Goff in the offense. So what I give you, it may look like this, and then it'll be something else. It'll be some sort of misdirection. And that's you can only do that when you're functioning this well this early. When you're racking up 500 yards on a pretty good defense against a pretty good football team, when your captains say, we left a little bit more on the field, and they okay. did, and okay. you, and you Where? see. Well, no, but that's what, but that's what I'm saying. You yeah. had two turnovers, right. and you had a face mask penalty. Those are the drives where you really did. You demonstratively yeah. left something on the field. 
because Amazing. they yeah. could not stop that offense no. all day long. No, they no. just couldn't. And, you know, for whatever reason, yeah, yeah. that that was the case. And no, it, and it has to do with yeah. the fact that, I'm sorry to cut you off, no, no, but like, it has to do with the fact that you have basically the same guys who were playing in this offense last year that now have been able to build right. off of what they were doing this year. And you've got Sean McVay who continues to build off no of doubt. everything what he does week to week to week. And that's right. what makes it so difficult. Save for one guy in Austin Blythe who's playing and, pretty well. And Brandon Cooks. And, oh gosh. That's I, what I'm saying. You, you, dude, he's honestly, been a difference. Wow. And I, and I don't God. mean any disrespect to Sammy Watkins when I say you this. You can. But you got you got rid of somebody who, I don't, shouldn't say got rid of, but like you have replaced somebody who was quite Better. good in that system last year and got significantly better. I, I think that's a fair assessment between both receivers. There's just so much more you can do with Cooks early. Right. He knows the playbook. Uh, like we said, he's he's a mix between Sammy and Tavon Austin. Everything you yeah. ask Tavon to do, Cooks can do. Everything you a- you've asked Sammy to do, save for being a big receiver down the field that can block a little mm-hmm. bit. But Cooks will throw his body around. Look, Cooks yeah. last week he does get in there and he yeah. does block downfield. It's not like he tries. He's not, yes, <laughs> yeah, he, he's getting in the effort on that third and two play where uh, Robert Woods is coming around on the jet sweep. Yeah, yeah, he's got the block. You kind of wish Robert Woods wouldn't have maybe rammed into his back a little bit, or Brandon Cooks would have well, been able to hold that block a little bit better. I so. mean, he 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 weighs a warm-up rep on the bench press. He's not that big, <laughs> but he's willing. You know, I think he, yes. I think he actually blocks better than Jimmy Graham. <laughs> you know what? You got a point. Okay, quick aside. Aaron Donald was asked last week how many times he thinks he could bench Jared Goff. How many times do you think Aaron Donald could bench Brandon Cooks? Oh God. <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> With both hands or just one? Yeah. Um, wow. Yes. But I think it's yeah. just it's interesting. I mean, we talked about it last week, and, and we brought this up a little bit. You've yeah. got these three receivers, and it's kind of pick your poison. No right? doubt. Between yeah. Woods, Cup, and, and then Cook, Cooks. Sometimes I get them confused That's in my okay. mind. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Woods, Cup, Cooks. I Cups should just say guy. 18. I know, but I should just say <laughs> if I say 18, 17, 12, I'll never get them mixed up. But when I start saying them out loud, it's right. just like sometimes I'm like, wait, which one did I say? Anyway, my point is that <laughs> this week it was really the Robert Woods show. Yes. And I think, you know, when you have 10 receptions on 11 targets, like that's terrific. No doubt. Uh, you, I, I think Excuse Cooks, me, it was nine receptions on 10 targets. Cooks is like the 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 drama. I mean, it's just. Wow, it's pretty, it's textbook, you can coach off it. Even if he's not making the play, the defender has to foul him. Okay. That sort of thing. Watching Robert Woods play, especially last week, that's like the action movie. Every catch is a big pop. Yeah. Every time he gets his hands on the football, he's he's surrounded. And mm-hmm. he takes a pop, and he just gets up and keeps on going. And then Cup is the guy that you might forget about during the game, and then he winds up killing you. Which is like, how do people forget about him? Though? There's a lot going on out there. I, I think, like... Not to bring in hockey for one second, but just talking to Brett Hall a long time ago, I said, what makes you so great? It's my ability to get lost in the play. Hmm, okay. Yeah, the farther away from the play he is, the more dangerous he becomes. I think Cooper Cup's the same way. Okay. The farther he is away from the play, or when you think it's all going here, this is when he starts to come alive. When you start to take a breath defensively, that's when he picks it up. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, 
you don't really get a chance to rest defensively, either as a play caller or on the field. What's interesting to me is just looking at Cup's numbers on third down, and now this is sort of starting to become a meme. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, in week one, you had uh, Marcus Peters mic'd up against mm -hmm. the Oakland Raiders. and That's fun. Yes, yeah, it yeah. is. And he's like screaming, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup yeah, on yeah. the sidelines. And so then you get in this last game, Aqib Tlaib was mic'd up before he left um, with that ankle injury. And we'll talk more about the injuries in a little bit. But then he's saying like third and cup on the sidelines. And no so doubt. Like now this is yeah. going to become a thing. But if you look at Cooper Cup's numbers on third down, he has seven receptions for 136 yards. Six of them have gone for first downs, <laughs> one of them for a touchdown. That's pretty darn Move good. Move the chains. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the biggest one-on-one -on -one threat on this football team is Aaron Donald. Okay, yeah. If you put him one-on-one -on -one with anybody, he wins. I think right behind him might be Cooper Cup. Mm -hmm. You line him up one-on-one -on -one versus anybody on, like you said, third down. Right, 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 right. right, right. With enough space, he's going to make you miss. He's going to get open. I, I just remember him going against different guys in training camp when we see those one-on-one -on -one matchups. Mm -hmm. And uh, last year, he was a rookie. He comes in, he's going against Trumaine Johnson. He puts oh, yeah. a move on Trumaine Johnson and just like shakes Trumaine and Trumaine can do nothing but stand there and applaud. Spun around, came back and shook his hand. Yeah. I remember that. Sean McVay was staring right at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, this kid's for real. That's when we said he doesn't play like a rookie. Right. Yeah, I, I just wonder that little inner dog that's in him. I mean, just deep down inside, is there a curse word somewhere in there? I don't know, but like he's... It, He's, you can't be this nice and this deadly at the same time. Right? You can't be. And it's interesting no. what just what fires him up. And like we were saying, you know, you you see him and he gets way more fired up mm -hmm. for like other folks. Like when Robert Woods has a touchdown and then those two like leap up and do whatever yeah, yeah. like Bash Brothers basketball hoop thing. I don't know exactly what that was, but right. both of them posted the picture, <laughs> right. reposted the picture on Instagram. And then you talk to Cooper Cup and he actually did something um, that I reported on last week. This came from his hometown of Yakima, right? So he yeah, yeah. purchased the jerseys for his alma mater's uh, football program. Nice. Yeah. Pretty, Good. Kept that pretty under wraps. And Wait. Then, so somebody that's that, what you should do. Uh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And so, but somebody who um, know that I know who actually works in Yakima sent the story over and was like, "Hey, I thought you might want to know about this." And mm -hmm. it's like, "Oh, of course." So when we ask him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I mean, we want to do something that." helps out our community from back home and everything and it doesn't we don't just want it to be football jerseys but this yeah. was something that we felt like we could do and we really wanted to do it that's so awesome that's the kind of person he is that's how i feel like when you talk about when people ask me everyone asks me hey where's your super bowl ring i don't wear that thing <laughs> I, do, I look at it i see it every day but i don't wear it every day but it's not about the nfl it's about my block where i grew up Mm -hmm. I am the only kid on that block with a Super Bowl ring. Right. And I was so happy to bring it back to mm -hmm. the kids that live there. Like, hey, you can make it from here. Right. It is possible right. if, if you dream big and work hard enough. So all that stuff, yeah, it's, it's required once you turn pro. Mm -hmm. You should go back to where you live and, and help out there. It's, Even if they don't need it. Right. Even if you come from a, a football factory where they have all the money in the world, then your presence is, is, is mandatory. Be there. Let the kids see you. Yes. They love that stuff. Yes. Yeah, yes. I love that stuff when I saw uh, the guys come back. It's, it, it is special, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of these guys on the Rams do a mm -hmm. lot of. I think of Marcus Peters specifically. Oh, yeah. And, you know, him going down to Inglewood and donating backpacks. And then, like, we caught him saying this. He says, hey, you guys are going to see me. This is not just me being here just to give you backpacks and I'm, gonna, and I'm going away. 
Like you're gonna see me that's around awesome. here because Good. yeah. The, and you just I like how you can tell with these guys that that stuff is important to them. That's you know? how I became when I was a kid a Raider fan. It wasn't because of how they played. It was because I met them. Yeah. And they stayed in our community. Right. And they cared. They came to our like our spaghetti feeds or our jamborees. Our spaghetti feeds. Yeah, like we used jamborees? to have these big spaghetti feeds and people would pay five bucks and that's how we paid for jerseys or oh, uniforms. Okay, and they okay, would okay. they would show up. Yeah. You know, we thought it was for us. Like all the people. Right. We thought it was for us. Well, I mean the Raiders were there, but we're eight years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at all these people that came to see us. Yeah. Well, there's Reggie Kinlaw behind you. But yeah, uh, don't yeah. worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But that's how and that's how yeah. you really connect to the community. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but getting back to this game, I, I I think one thing that maybe almost a little bit gets lost in the way that the Rams have played is how good Todd Gurley has played. Oh, yeah. Especially late in these games when you're trying to salt the clock away. When you get down into the four-minute situation and you just keep getting first downs and you don't have to give the ball back. That's huge. No, don't take this the wrong way. I would love to know if it was Todd because that offensive line has been opening up crevices. I mean holes. I mean killing people and not mauling. I mean, just position blocking, picking up the right guy, being letter perfect in your blocking schemes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were there were times at the end of that game where Todd got five yards down the field before he was contacted. Right. First touch. Yeah. And then, I mean, look, for any running back, that's a win. For guys like Todd, that's you can't stop him. Exactly. He's got a full head of steam, and then he knows where the free hitter's coming from, so he can deal with him. Exactly. That offensive line is playing great football. You yeah. have to give them all the credit. Oh, I do. Definitely. Definitely mm-hmm. give them all the credit. Um, all the credit in the world. And Aaron Cromer for the way that he seemed. Look, this is nothing new for Aaron no. Cromer. Yeah. This is how he has been so effective um, being an O-line coach and really a run game coordinator for as long as he's done it. He knows how to teach techniques. And again, it goes back to the Rams having that continuity. Mm-hmm. You already know the baseline of everything that Aaron Cromer is going to say. But now what you can do is stack blocks, right? Mm-hmm. You can get to the more high-level stuff. And I think that's what we're seeing. Or have a deeper, deeper level of understanding when you get exotic looks. Stuff you yes. haven't prepared for. Right. Okay, you know, this look looks a little weird, but it looks just like this. So well, we're going to block it, like it that. that way. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll go to the sideline and get it figured out. Next time we see it, we know how to attack it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that scares you, man. I mean, I saw the Chargers try to run the same stunt with Ingram three or four times. Got home once. The, the other three, they got hit for big plays. Once they, they've seen it, they've locked in, they figured it out, they know how to block it, they get the ball downfield. Yes. Yeah, that's, that, that is the mark of a good offensive line. Exactly. Well, the other mark to me is what Todd, is, is you see it in Todd Gurley's numbers. Mm-hmm. He has 53 rushing yards in the fourth quarter alone, and that's why Todd Gurley finished with 105 yards rushing, then he gets to 156 yards from scrimmage after he adds the, the 51 receiving yards in there too. Yeah, so, like, big time. This is two games now where two of the three games, both all of which the Rams have won, where Todd Gurley in the game one, he has 146, 147 yards from scrimmage, mm-hmm. and now he's at 156. When you're getting you're getting those kinds of numbers, that to me is exactly what you're saying. It's a reflection on that offensive line. And you're not overusing Todd. I love the way Malcolm comes in. Oh, yeah. And keeps it going. I mean, those are just a few carries Todd doesn't have to take, a few more hits he doesn't have to take. Mm-hmm. That's the ones that Malcolm has earned. That's what a backup tailback is supposed to do. So as you move along in the season, you keep Todd at, like you said, 100, 150 yards per game each month of the season. 
each game of the season. Well, when you get to November, December, and this guy feels like it's still September, right? Every defense is in trouble, right? To start the game and to end it. Oh, that's and that's what we saw last year mm-hmm. down the stretch when Todd Gurley was able to do things like he did in Tennessee, where he takes a screenplay 80 yards all the way to the end zone. Yeah, yeah. You know, he gets 57 against the Seahawks to end that first half. Those those are the kinds of plays that when you get this kind of you get a blow early in the season, it adds up. I just love to watch on those screens especially left, to see Todd have to accelerate to catch his lineman. <laughs> because Whitworth is already out in front and so is Saffold. Yeah. So he has to accelerate to catch those bigs. Yeah. That makes me laugh. That's how fast those bigs are moving. That's, but that's the thing, yeah. right? Like most linemen get left on the line of scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you see it with Andrew Whitworth all the time. I yeah, mean, yeah. From screens like that, you know, you had the Brandon Cook screen to mm-hmm. the left as well that Whitworth got out in front on. It's just he is really just this one dynamic piece of the offensive line, and it, what he does is incredible. He could set up. I mean, I don't know how much he has left, how many years he wants to play, Mm -hmm. but what he's doing here could set you up for the next 10. Just like Orlando Pace, when we had him way back when, you can teach off that. Mm. You want to see how to block a draw? You want to see how to block a screen properly? Watch this guy. Right. So the next guy you put in, say it's Noteboom. Yes. You've got a great model. Yes. You've got a great role model in front of you. Just emulate what he did or do your best to try to do what he did. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. It it was interesting. Great pickup to have him here. Oh, yeah. Great pickup. Yes, yes, yes. It was interesting to me. um, There was like a third and one Mm -hmm. or third and two, like right at the end of the game. And it was like, okay, if the Rams convert this, the game's over. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to go back on defense. Nopum was actually in on that. Oh, yeah. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. And then Whitworth was standing there on the sideline. And I was like, that's interesting. And Malcolm Brown was the one who took the carry. I don't know if that's like. uh, That's next man up. Uh, what do you mean? That is next man up. I mean, that is, I remember that. That was a key part of the game to where if the Chargers get the ball back, Rivers is hot, and things could change in a hurry, right? Yeah. So you need to pick this up, and now Whitworth is out, and Todd's not in the game, but you're still going to run the ball to pick it up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, I don't know. I don't know if it was like almost like a, a bleep you or like uh, we know we can do this or it's a show of confidence. Like I, but you have two of your offensive key players out of the game, and you still run the ball like that, and not only do you get the first down, but you get plenty. That sends a message to everyone else. They, yes. they can still make plays That's even I mean. with their was, best on the bench. Mess, it was a message play. Yeah, I mean, you only talk about that sort of stuff with the elite football teams. I know it's early, but it's on tape. You're building a case for that Yeah. when you see stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's talk about these injuries because there were some yeah. significant injuries suffered in that game. The biggest, I think you could say, was Aqib Tlaib. Um, and, you know, this is why I think reckless speculation on Twitter about injuries is just that reckless because sometimes, you know, and I, it's not that people are trying to be, you know, bad people or whatever, but, you know, the first thing you hear when Marcus Peters leaves is, oh, my God, it's his Achilles. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Turns out it's a calf strain. Right. And so he now is day to day instead of being out for a year plus Mm -hmm. with something that is an extremely serious injury. You know, that that was worst case scenario. And it turned out to be really best case scenario. Right. to leave, however, you know, you see him hop off the field and we just don't really know. (laughs) And there's not as much reckless speculation, fortunately, but he's going to be out for probably at least a month as he's uh, scheduled to undergo ankle surgery on Thursday, Mm -hmm. but they still do expect him back at some point in the season. So 
it, good news on Marcus Peters, unfortunate news on Aqib Tlaib, but again, it's not going to keep him out for the rest of the year. No, no, no. I just uh, Going back to, like you said, I don't think people are bad, but there is a race to be first. Yes. Yeah. And when it's injuries, I don't like it. Like, I literally, yeah. I blocked who, some Twitter doctor who yeah. said, like, oh, my gosh, well, that's Marcus Peters' Achilles, and it's going to be blah, blah, blah. Really? Like, Dude, the injury just happened. It's during the game, and I don't want you in my mentions. No, and I usually mean. Usually I'll mute, but, like, that on that kind of thing, I block because you, you're yeah. not there. No, no, but when, when, they, when they hauled him off the field, first when the injury happened, I, oh, my God, that's the way he went down in the heap. That doesn't look good. It doesn't. That looked like something popped or, yeah, or it lo- blown out. It looked out. extremely okay, serious. Okay, so he's holding his ankle. Okay. And then when they had him on the table face down, you're like, okay, that might be Achilles. You know what I mean? Yes. But to go with that as fact before you know, yeah, reprehensible. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 you can say it looks like, but don't say it is because you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And his family's up there, man. At least wait until they tell you what it is officially. Don't You don't, you don't want to panic people. But yeah, I mean... Watching both guys walk out of the stadium after the game, you would think it was flopped. I know. You would think Peters would be out longer yeah. than, than Tlaib. That is what I thought. But now that I know Tlaib is going to be out for a month, maybe, and seeing his body language and the way he looked with an injury like that, that guy is tough as nails. <laughs> I swear. I mean, there was, like, his face didn't change. I know. Yeah, like, how did you disconnect your body from pain that fast? I don't know, man. Yeah, but he's, 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 a, he's a different breed. So, you know, look, I, I'm glad you're able to get one back sooner than later. But behind them, you still have Shields. You yep. went to the Pro Bowl. Troy Hill, you have the, the utmost confidence in. And he's going to be coached up this week as the guy. Mm-hmm. And Hatfield's coming back, who's, who's, looking, who's looking for revenge <laughs> against Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah, we all know how that happened yeah, last yeah. year. That was not uh, his finest moment. Hey, but it was You got Thieland. I know. Yeah. And it's not like not everybody. Everybody in the league has been getting Thieland for the last couple of years. But right? that was like before we knew what Thieland was. Yes. We kind of had an inkling, but that's for me when I saw it live. Okay, you are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, and I went back and I watched that game. Hatfield played pretty well. After that. No, before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until that play. Yeah, and then they after were going that. after him. It right. was just that it was just that one play. But I, I think you're right. I think you've got guys like Sam Shields, and because he has so much experience, mm-hmm. he's almost and not quite to the caliber, but he's almost like your Austin Blythe, right? You can put him in. He is yeah, yeah. a starting caliber player in this league, and that's a luxury to have at a reserve position. No doubt. Troy Hill has started games for this team multiple games mm-hmm. over the last few years. Last year, he performed pretty well. In, when Kayvon Webster went down with mm-hmm. what was actually an Achilles injury. And then also you have Nikhil Roby Coleman, who I think is going to start going a little bit inside-outside, which is what they did um, after both Peters and Tlaib went down. Um, and so he also has a lot of experience, and he's played really, really Not well. afraid of anybody. Yeah. I mean, he's not the biggest dude in the world, but no. you would never know it by the way he plays. He no. is all over you like a cheap suit. The one thing I do worry about, look, pass coverage, I think you'll be fine because of the pressure you're getting. Because okay. of the pressure up the gut, it's been instant. And I could care less about the numbers, about the sack numbers, about right. pressures and whatnot. Right. You turn on the tape. If you're picking the Pro Bowl right now, I bet every guard would give those two tackles their votes. Sue and Donald. Sue and Donald. So the pressure has been getting there. But what I do worry about without Peters and Tlaib is run defense. Mm-hmm. Because they're big guys and they come up and set an edge. Yes. So 
I wouldn't say you're going to lose a little bit there, but you're going to lose a little bit there. Well, I think run defense is fair to be concerned about mm -hmm. because even with Peters and Tlaib on the field, you've been giving up about five yards a carry. Mm -hmm. So that's something that the Rams have said they need to improve on. Wade Phillips said that you got to improve on that. I mean, they gave up, I think, seven yards of carry against the Chargers last That week. little Eckler guy again. And Melvin Gordon got outside We talked a few about times. him, you know, on yeah. the sideline pregame. He's, he's, Eckler's good. Man. He's a problem. Yeah. Um, he is a definite problem. Those yeah. 15 plays that he gets, I mean, you better make sure they mean nothing. Yeah. If they're ahead and he starts doing that, you won't be able to catch him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but just getting back to that, I, A, I want to explore more about what Sue and Donald are doing Ugh. when you turn on the tape. Because when, you know, people are watching this, and I, I don't want to do the straw man thing, but it's like, I get tweets all the time where it's like, what are, like, why aren't Sue and Donald getting sacks? So why aren't they getting sacks, and what are they doing to the affect The ball's things? getting out. Yes. The ball is coming out fast, which helps the defense. Like we said, you don't get a lot of long shots. Uh, against this defense. Right. And look, when, when Melvin Gordon got off and when they started moving the football on the ground, then Phillip Rivers had time to operate out of play action mm -hmm. because it freezes the defense. It keeps the, the defensive tackles, the defensive line at bay right. because it is play action and they, that you have to buy it. So then he gets a chance to get one down the field. But for the most part, if you come out trying to throw and they can see it, you won't have time for a second move. Mm -hmm. I mean, either they're going to win their one-on-one -on -one or take the guard back to you. Or right. take the center back to you. Right. And that's been immediate. It's been every single play. Like every single play, they are affecting the quarterback one way or the other. Well, I, I look at what uh, the Chargers were running in early in the fourth quarter. They're trying to get a touchdown and make this more of a game than it was. But then you have second and eight and third and eight on the eighth, so second and goal on the eight. Mm -hmm. And you get that high pass from Phillip Rivers that basically goes through the uprights. Mm -hmm. So that's on second down, and he's throwing it away because there's pressure up the middle. Same thing happens on the next play. You know, Keenan Allen gets a hand on it, mm -hmm. and then it falls to the ground. But that throw is a little bit faster than probably Phillip Rivers would have liked because there is pressure in his face. Yeah, so, every play. Yeah, no, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So those are the two <laughs> plays that I really point to where I'm saying, you know, you're not seeing a quarterback hit and you're not seeing a sack on those plays but that is how to borrow a Sean McVay praise you're seeing uh, Sue and Donald influence and affect the plays in a tangible way no doubt week one Carr got the ball out to Cooks the tight end yeah got the ball out Cook. fast Cook excuse me I know it, I was doing the same thing got it out fast the the second week Sam Bradford was just getting the hell out of there yes yeah he was just I, I could care less about moving the football I'm just getting out of here and throwing it away that's why he's not starting now anymore. this week Philip Rivers is like we said a Hall of Famer he felt the pressure let me step here not there I'm just let me get it out fast before you hit me so at some point you're gonna catch a quarterback possibly tomorrow yeah that's gonna hold it that's just going to sit there and hold it and not go, not know where to go with the football. Right. Or the coverage takes away that receiver where he wants to go, and then those sacks will start to fall. So it may be three or four weeks of zero, and then one game where they have five. You know, it's interesting because Aaron Donald was talking about it yesterday. He goes, you know, I've, I've started out slow for a few years when mm -hmm. it comes to sacks. So it's not something that he's necessarily worried about, you know, early on in the year. Oh no, I don't have a sack yet. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I, if he's not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. No, no. I mean, it's, it's not like he's not winning, you know, guys that don't have sacks that aren't winning one-on-ones. Those are the guys that panic. He's right. winning one-on-ones. He he's, he's winning, winning a majority of his one-on-ones constantly. He's right. just not getting the sacks, but he's getting to the quarterback and he's affecting the quarterback on almost every single play. Right. And when he's not, Sue is. Yes. And when they're not, 
Brockers is. Right. And that's the way it's going to go on. Yeah. Well, going going back a couple years, I mean, the only year he really started out really hot when it comes to sacks was back in 2015 when you see uh, they, they won that game against Seattle. Mm-hmm. And the, the Nick Foles won really, really, really good game. I deleted it from memory. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, they won 34 to 31 in overtime. Okay, nice. Do I remember that throw I we do- had to Lance Kendrick? I deleted it to memory. No, deleted. Gone. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. There's so much new stuff to put in. Well, basically, in the, first, <laughs> that's true. in the first three games of that season, he had three and a half sacks. Nice. So, but you look at 2016, didn't have any sacks through three weeks, and then you play Arizona in week four, gets one and a half. Look, I tell people don't panic. You know, this guy right. is good. He could he could go for two and three sacks per game for the next four weeks. Well, he could. Right. And Easily. <laughs> even even last year, you know, you look at it, he doesn't have, he doesn't play in that first game. Mm-hmm. Then second game he plays, doesn't get a sack against Washington. Third game has that sack basically to end the game mm-hmm. on Brian Hoyer against San Francisco, but then doesn't have another sack until week six at Jacksonville. Yeah. So again, his first four games of last season, only one sack, ends up as defensive player of the year regardless. Oh yeah. Um it's not like the guards are getting better. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, and, and that's with all due respect. It's not like they're getting better. Um, guys that are that are assigned to block him. Right. I mean, we're talking about Pro Bowlers, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten there yet. Oh, you did Week One. Yeah. Yeah. But then we saw what he did to Simile. Right. So those numbers will he'll start to pile up numbers soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so, and I think you're you're probably right. And he might make the Pro Bowl without a sack. Could. I bet he could, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, people, if you know, you know. You yeah, yeah. know he's influencing and affecting plays throughout the course of the game. Oh, what is his name? There was a fullback that was in uh, Buffalo. Really nice guy. Uh, Gash. Sam Gash. Okay. Made the Pro Bowl as a fullback without a carry. And without a catch. So that means they, people who know, know. He was murdering people, yes. blocking. Yeah. 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 That's the guy you <laughs> yeah. would want to follow. Um, also notable on the injury list, though, JoJo Natson broke yeah. his hand during the course of that game. Saw Blake Countess take back a couple of kicks, um, 125 yards, 126 yards. And because the Rams are on the short week, he's probably still going to return those kicks this week. Um, and then Cooper Cup will return punts. Um, and I talked to Cooper Cup yesterday, and he said, yeah, that's something I'm comfortable with. Yeah. I've been doing it since high school. It, it doesn't, high school, college, it, you know. It's fine. <laughs> you want him to fair catch. Fair catch. So I think Give that it to that's, the offense. Right. I yeah. think that that's what he should do because he is so important into that offensive scheme. Mm-hmm. However, Sean McVay did say that even though Cooper Cup is really important to the offense and he's been playing like 97% to 100% of snaps through the first three games, they still could be aggressive in terms of returning punts. They could. I, you'd have to put that out there for every opponent. But I guess so. Just right. old Raider fans, just go back and look at Tim Brown returning punts and see when he actually returned them. Because most of the time he had his hand up before the ball left the punter's foot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair catch, and then we'll drive the football down traditionally. Uh, speaking of Blake Countess, he was named a special teams player of the week in the NFC. Wait a minute. Blake Countess gets pl- NFC special teams player of the week uh-huh. and Johnny Hecker didn't the week before. Yeah. Who's, who's voting? I, who's counting the vote? Not only that, but like, uh, and I mean, no disrespect to Blake Countess, but homie, like you just fell on the ball. Like, I, well, I, why isn't Corey Littleton getting it? I think that's a makeup. That's a makeup for Johnny Hecker. Johnny um, Hecker when, found out he's going to be the place kicker and the punter about yeah. 10 minutes before game time yeah. and didn't miss a beat. No. But he didn't. He doesn't get it. Blake Countess gets it. Come on. 
So you're more upset Good for, for Johnny, Bones Fossil. You're more upset mm-hmm. for Johnny Hecker than you are for Corey Littleton. Because yeah. I'm kind of thinking, like, wait a minute, shouldn't it oh. be Corey Littleton? Who, since he's in there and he's blocking the Oh, no, no, the it, can't, it can't be Littleson. We've seen that show before. What? We've seen him block punts before. Oh, no, you don't get credit for stuff that you're great at. What? <laughs> you don't get credit for stuff <laughs> you're great at. What does that even mean? Oh, no, no, you block punts. Oh, no, we've seen that before. That doesn't make any sense. You've got to you block. If you're Corey Littleton, you've got to block two. You don't get credit for stuff oh, you're Oh, not when you're that at? good at blocking punts. No. So, because Blake Countess is good at falling on footballs, like, he gets to have it? How shocked are you when Aaron Donald sacks the quarterback? Not very. Okay. But that doesn't Corey mean Littleton when he blocking gets... a punt. Okay, it was that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to be him. I, I loved the scheme in that yeah. block punt, though. Beautiful. Beautiful because, design. Yeah, because of the way, like, look, you're backed up that far. You're probably not thinking, oh, somebody's going to loop around yeah, yeah. and then try to get into the back. That, that's why that's, it was so open. I bet that's what the Chargers were thinking. Mm-hmm. But I have to go back and look. I'm not sure, but I, I think that might have been the first time they've used that look. On the field on game day? Probably. And this is what I love. They didn't waste it. It got home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, once you put that stuff on tape, well, everybody has a chance to watch it, study it, talk about it, know how to block it. Right. Well, if you're going to call it, make sure you hit it. Yeah. They hit it. Well, it was the perfect time. I don't Mm -hmm. like, we talked about the pick earlier and how it was an impressive play by Derwin James. But, homie, take a knee. You know, I don't know if he knew exactly where he was. I was standing like 10 yards from him. I, I'm not sure if he knew exactly where he was when he caught it. Be- I mean, look, they've been going through hell defensively, right? Yes. So finally, I think it was a quick snap, and he was he was on Jared Goff from the word go. Yeah. So he baited, baited, and then went in and got it. But I'm not sure if he knew exactly where he was when he caught it. I think he was just happy they didn't score. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he cared about anything else other than, okay, they didn't score on this drive. But it was a hell of a play. It was a hell of a play. Yeah. But, like, maybe you should have a little Dude, bit more Dude, okay, Maurice Jones-Drew said the same thing. I said, okay, let me see you try that. Okay, oh. first of all, you've been getting torched all the way down the field. Your feet are in the blue, which means you're in the end zone. Yes. And they're shooting at you. Yeah. But if your feet are in the blue, then shouldn't you know where you I, are? I'm not even sure if he knew where he was at the time. <laughs> His feet are in the blue. He caught it. He was so happy to catch it. Next thing you know, he's out of bounds. So what? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so you end up costing your team seven points anyway. Oh, but he, he kept them off the board, though. The, for that. Yeah. that's Defensively. That's not his job. But then he almost <laughs> got a safety for, like, when you get a turnover, who gets the rock? Your offense. Yeah. So don't blame him. Blame the offense. <laughs> I mean, then. I'm not really blaming okay. him, but I think it would have been good. You know. Look, any it DB that picks off a pass, right? W- so good I, job. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Uh, two more things to to go through quickly. Dom Easley, outside linebacker. Yeah. You know, he's having. He had a couple knee issues, obviously, in his past. But that was sort of bothering him during that game. He's considered day-to-day. He still may go um, against the Vikings. So nothing structural happened, no real real damage that's bad. So that's good news. Um, Mark Barron, and there's not really been a change there. And, and I said this a couple times on Twitter. Until Mark Barron practices like for a week, I, I really wouldn't expect to see him on the field. And yeah. that's not going to happen this week, especially with the short I'm week, still so. hoping because um, yeah. he adds so much to that defense when he he's does. out there. Yeah. Well, that was one thing that I noticed just watching that Vikings game again from from last year. And it was a kind of a game to forget for a lot of mm-hmm. Rams. Um, but if you look at just what Mark Barron brings to that defense, you know, the way you can shoot the gap and get into uh, the deep, the offensive backfield and bring down running backs, it, it's really incredible. And he adds a lot. He's so. not bringing finesse with him. He's bringing intensity. Right. Yeah, he's bringing pop with him. So... 
and speed. Mm-hmm. That is required of every defense, and he brings a lot of that. So yeah, I mean, as soon as you can get him healthy and active, the better. Right. Right. And that's no that's no disrespect to who's been on the field, right. but. Adding a Mark Barron is never a bad thing. No, it, yeah. it's really not. It just enhances uh, the defense a little bit more. Uh, what do you take away from the Bills-Vikings game? Because that, I think, was probably the most unexpected result in the NFL so far this year. Well, look, Maybe besides the Browns winning. <laughs> this is what I always say to people, and just <laughs> careful when you bet on football because you never know. Right. Yeah, Buffalo looked bad, and it's easier to coach when you lose. That's what makes me nervous about Minnesota coming to town because they just lost. But right. at some point, Buffalo was going to sew it up and look better than what they have been playing. And they did. And their defense got after Kirk Cousins. Yes. I mean, they absolutely took it to Kirk Cousins. I mean, he was getting – Kirk Cousins hasn't gotten much easy the last two weeks. Green Bay gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo, He was. it seems like he's been pressured on every single pass attempt. Agreed. Yeah, but they've gutted the ball down the field and, you know, stayed in games. But last week, they just had a clunker. So yeah. you would have to expect tomorrow night they're going to be a whole lot better than what you saw in Buffalo. That's exactly what I think, too. Versus Buffalo. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it was watching that game, because I watched it live um, because it was on in the press box mm-hmm. um, before the Rams started playing the Chargers, and it was just like, what? I, it didn't seem like either they took the Bills seriously enough, especially with a short See, I doubt ahead. That. I doubt that in the or, NFL. Yeah. Like, or the, because the defense, the Buffalo's defense was doing such a good job getting the ball out from Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. it gave Buffalo opportunities that they would not otherwise have gotten really deep in Minnesota territory. And then Josh Allen made plays. Y- y- finally yes. made plays. And it yes. wasn't like what you would think with a guy with such a big arm. I mean, he made plays with his legs. He really did. Yeah, he did. He the looked, first touchdown he, he, he had looked, where he basically supermaned into yes, the end zone. Like, looked like whew. it. And he got confidence and kept building on that confidence. Right. And that's what happens when you let a guy get confident in the pocket. Mm-hmm. It's only going to build. And they couldn't take it out of him. And I think the opposite happened to Kirk Cousins. I think they just got more and more frustrated as the game went along. Yeah. Yeah. And it just got away from them and they couldn't get back. Well, not only was Kirk Cousins facing a lot of pressure, but then, you know, just some of the passes just weren't on Mm -hmm. point whenever he did have even a little bit of time. He just wasn't necessarily getting it to where Thielen and Diggs were. I mean, overshooting receivers, undershooting receivers. And that's not necessarily the Kirk Cousins that has been the guy who has now earned such a exorbitant guaranteed yeah. contract. You know what I mean? But it's funny every now and then he has remarkable stretches of elite level clarity. Yes. Like it'll look bad and then all of a sudden he'll just straighten right up and move the ball right the down the field. The fourth quarter of yeah. the Green Bay game yeah. would be one of those stretches. Sews it up and moves it down. It's funny, man, watching... Aaron Rodgers and then watching Kirk Cousins. They're running pretty much the same stuff, and they're doing pretty much the same stuff. It's just Aaron Rodgers, his slide of hand is a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. It seems like like Kirk Cousins would be the magician you see in the small room in Vegas. <laughs> like, you can see through the illusion. You know, it's, it's a 12-minute it's a set, but you looked at your watch four times, haha. But the next guy is really the main event. But, yeah. I mean, but every now and then, he'll catch fire and... Just like any quarterback, if you give him time, he can hurt you. Oh, yeah, for sure. How big of a deal do you think it is that he and McVay, you know, have the relationship that they have? Uh, I'm sure some of it's going to translate. I mean, I, I don't think Wade Phillips needs that much help, yeah. but every little bit helps. So, 
Didn't necessarily help last year. But there's Washington. enough tape out there on Kirk Cousins anyway. Right. That even if this was a brand new staff that just was born yesterday, I think you can come up and figure out exactly what Cousins is and what he can do. When pressured, his passer rating goes down. Right. Yeah. When his when he's not, it goes up. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's more glaring than just about any other quarterback in the league playing right now. Any other starter. Hmm. Yeah. Just just the, that disparity from him. Yeah. When he's pressured, he's a different guy. Okay. I mean, he's an he's an and it's look. He's got what I call burning building speed. And what? Burning building speed. Anybody can run when the building's on fire. Okay. So when he's scrambling, <laughs> it's like he's scrambling because he's threatened. Right? I'm not sure if he's. I would call him a mobile quarterback. Okay. But when threatened, he can get the hell out of there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But just know when he does scramble like that, he's only scrambling for one thing, to the sideline. Mm-hmm. He's not looking to extend the play. No. He's a little bit different in that regard. Okay. But, I mean, he is looking to get as many yards as possible. He's, he yeah. can. What you're saying, and I agree with you, he can scramble for a first down if he has to. Right. But yeah. for the most part, when you get him moving around in the pocket, you're going to keep him in the pocket. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the Vikings do have a couple of injury situations, and I, that's saying nothing of Everson Griffin, who I think we yeah. both wish the absolute best to. He's clearly going through um, a mental health crisis, and, and that's something that, you know, you, you just want him to get better. This is the best possible outcome of that story. Just imagine if it went the other way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but just dealing with the the injuries, Riley Reef, their starting left tackle, he has um, been out for the first two days of practice. Mm-hmm. It was their practice estimates um, with a foot injury. So that's significant, mm-hmm. I think, especially when you're talking about pressure and pressuring Kirk Cousins. However, uh, their center, Pat Elfline, um, uh, out of Ohio State, second year guy, he is supposed to be starting. Um, this week. So that is something that they can look forward to. Uh, another good center. Uh, I thought Pouncey was great last week, uh, this past Sunday, Yeah. Uh, at negating some of that pass rush, trying to do both. And they can do so much. You can do so much with a good center, with a great center uh, yeah. in the run game and in the passing game. So right. that's going to help Kirk Cousins definitely with protections. Maybe some of the blitzes that have been getting home won't get home because they'll be on the same page along the offensive line. Yeah, but it's still, maybe it's still yeah, it's still something where you have a center and a quarterback trying to establish chemistry though. No doubt. And so it, I, it seems I like know, everybody's I, I trying know. to establish chemistry on that, on that offense? offense. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And it, they've got a new play caller in John D. Filippo. So yeah. you've got a new play caller, new quarterback. Yeah. You're trying to integrate all of these different things together. And I think you you can see that in some of the way these early games have gone. It reminds me of a typical Minnesota Vikings offensive line. They're huge. They're maulers. When it's run, it's run. You can, I mean, their fingers are all on the ground and they're just, their necks are bulging. They can't wait to get out. And when it's pass, it's the opposite. They're up and they're telling you it's pass. It's like an old Adrian Peterson offense, except without Adrian Peterson. Right. When it's run, it's run. When it's pass, it's pass. You should see some of the sacks or the pressures they get home, like in the Green Bay game. Yeah. Guys run five, six yards up the field, take a right, hang around in the backfield, and still get to Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you can't find a place to go with the football after that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's they're a little discombobulated, but I expect all of that to be gone tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, I, okay, I, you brought up you know Green Bay pass rushers, and I did want to bring this up with you. The amount of roughing the passer mm-hmm. fouls, where do you sort of align on that? Like, what what has been your view of the way these things have gone? Because especially yeah. in that Green Bay game, when Clay Matthews, in my view, does not really do anything wrong, 
Right. And he gets flagged for 15 yards as Kirk Cousins throws a pick that would have effectively ended that game. That, to me, I, it's I, I only, don't know. Yeah, it's only in football and only on the, the defensive side to where you can ask a guy to pick his shot. Okay, imagine being a baseball player or asking a baseball player, when you see a fastball, you're only allowed to hit the bottom of the baseball as it's coming at you. Right. Right? But the pitcher can put it on your uh, on your head if he wants to. Right. Uh, no, man, just go play ball. If they want to call roughing the passer, then so be it. Eventually, it, it, will ev- it will even itself out towards the end of the year. But just know what you're living in now, and I wouldn't tell guys to do anything different. Right. If you have a shot on the quarterback, take the shot. Go ahead. Right. Well, let the ref figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with Sue last week when Sue gets his sack on Phillip Rivers. I mean, in some official uh, officials crews might have called that roughing the passer, even though Phillip Rivers still has the ball. Right. And he's trying to do whatever he's trying to do. What is Sue supposed to do? You mean on the sack? That? Yes. Oh, on the sack. I mean, I thought Sue did a great job of not burying him. Right. Because when he went down, there's body weight. Sure, Sue's a big dude, but he kept his head out of it. Well, I mean, you, you have to actively show the officials, the umpire, and the referee that you're not trying to bury the guy. So if you keep your head up, they may not call it. If you put your head down into the guy, even if you're not trying, they're going to call it because yeah. it looks like you're putting all your body weight. I just, I don't know, man, but to me it's physics, right? Like if you're trying to, if you're going at full speed and you're trying to bring somebody down, which is literally the point of football. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to then be able to say, oh, my God, let me get my, you know, let me turn. Well, it used to be a step. I mean, if you make contact with the quarterback when he has the football, they'll give you a step to run through and place him on the ground. And if you put the landing gear out, put your arms out, and try not to put the body weight, you won't get the call. Okay. It just depends on what official you get that day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, it was a a couple years ago, Michael Brockers did everything he could to avoid a roughing the passer call and still got it. I mean, he threw his body off to the side, like he slammed himself onto the turf to not land on the quarterback, and he still got flagged for it. So it just depends on which guy you get. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just I think that they they're gonna have to do something about that. They will. I mean, not, you'll see. Yeah, I'm, I just don't think it's fair to the defensive players. By November, you know? we won't, we won't be talking. But remember, we started this year talking about the helmet rule. Yes. And we're talking about that less now. We so are. everything will even itself out in this game. That's fair. Uh, did you go back and watch last year's game uh, against the Vikings? A little bit. Um, the only reason why I didn't is because the quarterback changed. The quarterback is definitely different. Yeah. The offensive system is definitely different. Yeah, I mean, just, it's it's a little bit different. But, you know, I've, I've watched offensively against that defense and the things that were left on the table and the things they do well. So... Up front, Linval Joseph is huge. Yeah. Sheldon Richardson has been a great addition to that defensive line. He's a three technique that can win. I think he has seven pressures that leads all tackles right now. So okay. he's the front runner in that uh, category. And Hunter, the left end, is the real deal. Yeah. This will be a hell of a test for Havenstein. Mm-hmm. This will be an absolute test for him. So yeah, just watch the little bit of last season, but more so what they're doing this year. Yeah, I, I did. I went back and I watched it too. Um, just, you know, because it is two teams mm-hmm. playing in consecutive years and for a lot of the things that there are, they are the same. Um, I guess you, know, you look at that game and it's interesting because so many plays were left on the field for the Rams offense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had a game by Cooper Cup, which was probably his worst game of the season and mm-hmm. what was a really terrific rookie year for him. And I asked him this week, you know, did you go back and watch it or did you burn it? And he laughed. And it was like, no, you know, you go back because, 
you you want to see things that they were doing to try to attack you and you know you want to look at what you can do better but you know i think what he ended up saying was the 2017 rams are not really about what the 2018 rams are Mm-mm. about it's a different year it's a different team and same with the vikings i hope that minnesota is coaching off that tape good some of those yeah. personnel groups and formations are they're completely opposite uh, this yeah, season. Well, they're obsolete. Yeah, for yeah, sure. no doubt. It's yeah. like getting a new iPhone. Yeah. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> I to Every time I see the iPhone billboard, I think of you. Yeah. Yeah, I did get it. You want to see? It? No, I don't want to. Don't pull it. No, I don't want to see it. It's a telephone. Come on. It's a cool telephone. It's man. a telephone and a camera. That's all. It, never mind. All Move right. on. Anyway, um, yeah. what are some keys that you think the Rams are definitely going to have to do in order to beat the Vikings? Well, outside of the X's and O's for a second, it is Thursday Night Football. So yeah. I think you have to expect mistakes. That's okay. just the nature of Thursday Night Football. I don't care it, who you are. Everyone makes mistakes on Thursday. Yeah. It's a short week. So what you have to actively train yourself to do is one snap and clear. Don't let that mistake cause another mistake. Mm-hmm. Just move on from it. Uh, I think the team, and this is, sounds funny, this is, this is, uh, you know this, the okay. team that makes the fewest mistakes is probably going to win, but there's going to be a lot. Right. Yeah, and I would bet that Minnesota makes more. Well, if, if you're Minnesota, this is, this is a really hard week. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that sort of works in the Rams' favor, but I think coming off a, a home game, at mm-hmm. least you have that, but you have to travel two time zones, mm-hmm. and then you're also on a plane for three, four hours. That's that's a lot on a yeah. short week to have to do. So Mike Zimmer was on the conference call with LA Media yesterday, <laughs> and he was saying that look, that the, he he literally said this: there's not been a team on Thursday Night Football that's even covered the line when they have to go two time zones to play on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just interesting when you have a head coach talking to you about betting lines, you know? Well, I mean, you're used to playing on Sundays at one, and then you got to shift to Thursdays at night. Right. Everything's a little bit different. It's so, so wonky. Yeah, it, it, it is. So, I mean, you, you can't let mistakes bother you. Move on. And going back to that Green Bay-Minnesota game, Aaron Rodgers had that game at the end. He was setting himself up for a field goal to win it. Mm-hmm. I think he bobbled a snap. Uh, the play before, and then he got sacked yeah. the next play. And mm-hmm. that kind of, you could see it, like he had the game in hand, they had it, and he the bobbled Packers it and lost. should have won that game should've. like three times. So going to Thursday night, when you have an opportunity to win this game and you have it in hand, don't give it back. Right. Stay ahead. Stay out in front. Uh, make fewer mistakes and be professional when you do have the lead. And I would, I would, I would expect more ball control out of the offense. Uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want the clock to keep moving in games like this. You do. Yeah. Yeah. And last year was interesting on Thursday night football when the Rams went up to San Francisco and like yeah. had that back and forth Woo! sort of slugfest. Yeah, man. And ended up winning that 41 to 39, I think was the final score. I don't necessarily think it's going to be that kind of game, mm-hmm. but I. I think it's going to be tough for the Rams to put up points just because the Vikings are going to be motivated as all hell after Mm -hmm. what happened to them last week against Buffalo. And even though it's a short week and even though you have to travel a lot and even though, you know, you're dealing with a lot of stuff, I think the Vikings are going to play as the best defense the Rams have faced so far this year because they should be. I I think... I, I agree with you there. I think they're going to come with a renewed effort, especially on defense. But just like anything else, if you stay efficient and keep them out there, they're going to get worn out. The best thing about that defense, about Zimmer's defense, is he trusts his guys. He really does. It's simplistic. It's a 4-3. I trust my guys, right? Yeah. Our, our call, our, the calls aren't going to be so complicated. But 
the downside is he trusts his guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're asking a lot of defensive ends to have to play cutback and boot at the same time, mm-hmm. which is what this offense is built on. Right. So there's only so much you can trust when you face an offense like that. At some point, you're going to force his hand. He's going to have to pressure. And when you pressure, you're going to get beat faster. It, it'll be interesting, definitely, I mm-hmm. think, whether the Rams can get down the field, as they did in some of those drives last year, but then finish. Because that's that was the difference last year. I mean, mm-hmm. there you had chances to score points, and you just did not mm-hmm. after that first drive. So if the Rams <coughs> can finish drives, and I think, as you were saying, play ball control offense, mm-hmm. they will have a good chance to win. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think my goal would be to win time of possession by a lot mm-hmm. and absolutely wear down that defense because that's the best unit. That's their best part of the football team. Right. You wear them down and wear them out, I think that could be it for them, especially on Thursday night. That's not usually a Sean McVay thing, though. You know? What's that? Winning time of possession. like He does all the cues. He takes those shot plays, and he likes to get the chunk yardage, and they vary the tempos and go up tempo. I think he can evolve. I think he's smart enough to know. We oh, ta- he definitely is. We I, talked I, about I the ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's a Chip Kelly type to where even no. if it's not working, you're going to still go blindingly fast, even though it's taxing your defense. I think he's in tune with everything that's going on. I, I should have put it like this. Yeah. McVay, I think, will, and this is the way games seem to go, at least in my mind, the Rams get out in front in the first half by passing, by doing things mm-hmm. off-tempo, by, var- um, by varying tempos and doing things like that. But I think when you, especially last week's game, you, they know how to play ball control offense no to doubt. win the game, right? Like when you're in the fourth quarter, you get it back at 423 and you just do run plays throughout and you, yeah. uh, you're able to win in that way. You I know think what I mean? he's, he's smart enough to know he gets paid by the win, not by the yard. Yeah, I think some guys lose sight of that or have lost sight of that. Yeah, yeah. You don't get paid for 500 yards total offense. You get paid for winning the game. That is very true. Yes. Right? Any more parting shots? No, that's about it. See you Thursday night. See you Thursday night. Yeah. What are you wearing? What tie are you wearing? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> you and the ties and everybody in the ties. Is it skinny tie or wide tie? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I can barely dress myself on a daily basis. Anyway, everybody, thanks so much for listening to this edition of Between the Horns. Kick off on Thursday night. We'll be at 520 Pacific time. You can catch that game on Fox and also on NFL Network, or you can listen to the call with J.B. Long, MJD, and this guy, DeMarco Farr, on ESPN LA. Enjoy the game. Do you know-